All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. We'd love you to support this show. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Your likes and subscription helps us to grow and attract interviews and content. So please retweet and share our posts. Your contributions are appreciated. Greetings and welcome to episode 471 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am your host this week, Marcus Almighty, and this week I am joined by my good friends and fellow podcasters out in California. We have Mr. Uh, 69th Blizzard. Ken, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. And of course we have in St. Louis, Missouri, Mr. Lonnie. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. I didn't have didn't say didn't say your handle because I don't remember what your brave words. Uh, STL, sorry, your... STL kiss is my STL kiss. That's St. Louis it. kiss. Yeah, I can't believe I <laughs> screwed that up too. Brave words. That's a, that's an old message forum used to go on. I meant the FAQ podcast. Still there. Anyways, uh, I'm off to a great start already on this. So let's get going before I screw up even further. Uh, so how's everybody doing? How are you guys doing? Doing good. Hanging yeah. in there as that's good. Good as you can expect. So Julian is not with us this week because he is ransacked with various things that he has to do. Uh, I'm guessing personally and also professionally. I hear that there's some Aerosmith things that he's uh, tending to, which is fantastic news for him, since I know that he's very interested in getting that side of his book thing going as well. So good luck to Julian in all his endeavors on that. And let's get to talking to some Kiss because I know that's what everyone's here for today. So let's start with some exciting news so first up in the news we read that paul has twenty thousand dollar guitars for sale isn't that a big surprise you know it's, it's always been one of these things that always surprises me uh well it used to surprise me let's put it that way that you know not that paul would sell twenty thousand dollar guitars i'm more surprised that people would actually buy twenty thousand dollar guitars mm-hmm. i mean for for me to own a two thousand dollar Gibson Les Paul is a big feat, and I'm very proud that I actually have a guitar of that value. And that's nothing to sneeze over, but a twenty thousand dollar guitar. And you know, no offense, people, but they're Ibanez guitars. I don't know any Ibanez guitar that's worth twenty thousand dollars. But uh, anyways, uh, but people, you know, it's associated to Paul, and I'm sure it has some kind of fancy paint job or something to it, or maybe he signs it or stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure my good esteemed friends, Ken and Lonnie, will probably know more about this than I do. But uh, let's get let's go around the table. And uh, what are your thoughts on this $20,000 guitars? Let's start with Lonnie. Well, are there different levels that you can buy for, for these guitars, or are they only $20,000? I think there's different levels, but uh, I think the most expensive is the, was it the gold. The gold one, yeah. um, and, I, I, and it's going to be. I think I believe it's going to be stage played. Ooh. Oh, okay. So that's the hidden little extra, and, and... extra tip. You know, you get charged ten thousand just to play a half a song, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's interesting is that these guitars are everything up to the Madison Square Garden dates. <laughs> We're not even going to tell you how much we're going to charge for those just yet. Well, that no, might be, geez. yeah. <laughs> at a zero. <laughs> it's um, going to be double yeah, the price. Yeah, at, at a zero. Mark, Mark is 100% right. 
Yeah, so so I'm just and, and and you can go to these and look at these at paulstanley.com and pick your city and and yeah, there's a the gold rhinestone stage mm-hmm. played and and you get the strap though too, Mark. Oh, um, yes. And, and and that one that one's twenty grand. And but there are other ones, um, you know, in the more affordable eleven thousand dollar range and seventy five hundred dollar <laughs> range. So um, there are different there are different price points for these, which is great to see. Um, however, you know, be, between this and and some other and the announcement of another date in Australia, which I'm, which we'll get to here in a little bit, you know, it's it's just proving to anybody who had any doubt left in their minds that what we're doing in 2023 is the last big cash grab. <laughs> we're gonna. We're, I mean, we we are going to squeeze every last dollar we can on these last 50, excuse me, 55 dates. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It is 54 because one got canceled. (laughs) So we're back to 54. Um, We we are we are really going to squeeze everything we can out of out of of you. You know, and and at the same time, I'm guilty. I'm going to see him again, you know. (laughs) I'm not twenty thousand dollars for a guitar guilty, but I am going to go see him again. So, but it, it, if there was any doubt about what, what we're doing, this is, it, we're, we're, we're in it for one last big cash grab yeah. because I don't, I don't think these surprises that are being teased are, I don't think we're going to get up on stage and play take me or, or watching you or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, no, <laughs> no, this is, this is very, 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 very well put there, Lonnie. I mean, this is definitely the, we're robbing you blind tour 2023 uh, from the Kiss edition. So, uh, what do you think, Ken? What's what's your opinion on this whole matter? The, uh, you know, I'm with Lonnie on it. Really, um, I think it is somewhat a cash grab based on the prices. Um, if I was, I mean, if I was Kiss, though, I would. If you're gonna really cash grab, I'd put all anything that had uh, like all their vinyl albums released i would i would adjust and put the cover on it and have a like a embossed fifth in gold embossed 50 50th you know whatever or whatever some kind of anniversary thing and just just sell it <laughs> as a as something to say it's you know the last you know end of the road thing or last 50 shows just and are you, people are you buy talking it. about the records you have about the records themselves <clears throat> Yeah, well, yeah, the covers. Like kind of well, how Bowie has that. like 75? The covers, have, yeah, have yeah. The 75 on their pressings now? <clears throat> yeah, put yeah, something. To yeah, you put something on there like that. And, you know, people are going to buy it because it's a special edition, even though nothing else is different about it, right? There's time for that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and they may still do <laughs> something. You know what surprises me to no end is that Ken still to this day wants some new vinyl even even though there's been vinyl coming out now all i'm constantly. not asking for that he, he wants some different vinyl again the same vinyl record i want course, different vinyl but he but... wants one with a 50 emblem now on no, it no i don't want a whole catalog i don't want to have to spend on it so i don't i really don't want them to, to do that uh what i suggested but that's if they're really going to do a cash grab uh they could do that but as for the the guitars, yeah, if you can afford it and you have the money to, you know, and you enjoy it, that's that's all good. 
you know, more power to you. That's, that's great. Um, you know, yeah, could I do it? I probably could, but that would be a, put me in a deep hole kind of thing. More ways, in more ways than one. Um, and, uh, but I, I just can't pull a trigger on something like that, you know, especially 20,000. If even, even, you know, 5,000 is really pushing it. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> that's 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 the first bit of news that I'm, that you know we will always start off with a great bit of news like that and that always gets the blood rolling when it comes to this it's sort of uh, news bit. Uh, <laughs> but now, today is May twenty fifth. Okay, now in nineteen eighty eight, a certain album came out <clears throat> at this time uh, called Shikara, as many of you probably remember, uh, or maybe some of you don't remember. Uh, this was a greatest hits record, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. You know, I'm sure if I get this mm -hmm. wrong, I'll get you know pounced on by every member of the Kiss Army. Uh, this was a Japan-only release, I think it was. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is why us in North America didn't have you know no hide or hair of it until much later. Uh, but uh, what I do remember from hearing about it, I remember listening once to the uh, the the podcast years back and they, they did a little special on it on shikara and they talked about how fantastic this was as a greatest hits and that it came out at a really mm -hmm. interesting time i think it was if i'm not mistaken after crazy nights right this came out so uh i guess to kind of you know get yeah. kiss fans excited about the old songs again they released the greatest hits with you know older material and you know some of the newer stuff as well so uh what are your thoughts on the greatest hits? Do you own it? What do you listen to it all the start of Ken? Yeah, and actually, I did buy it when it was first came out. Um, but I did it. I, I think I saw it as an advertisement. Uh, it's kind of an import advertisement. It might have been one of those magazines, uh, rock and roll magazines. I forget where it, it was. Yeah, I saw it and. Uh, I thought, oh, that looks kind of cool. Um, so I went ahead and and uh, ordered that, yeah, straight from Japan. And uh, I mm -hmm. still have it. Actually, I have two copies. Um, but one copy was later bought because it had uh, Bruce Kulik's uh, signature on it. But, uh, oh, nice. uh, but yeah, the original one, he got it, and it came with uh, a Chikara a patch. Well, you know, the symbol, the Chikara yeah, symbol. Yeah. Uh, patch i still have that um but yeah i thought it was i was good you know it, it also what they did on that is they put the long version of i was made for loving you on there um and they had a lot of the 80s uh stuff on there you know the ladies hits you know mm -hmm. Empire, whatever tears are lick it up i think uh i don't have the song list in front of me uh unless i get the cd back here on the shelf but uh yeah it's it was a pretty good Greatest hits at the time, up until right, smashes came after you know a few years later, yeah, or yeah. a year later or whatever it was. Yeah, that was interesting that it came pretty quickly after that. What about you, Lonnie? Did you get it? What's your thoughts? I did not, um, and I and actually I do not. I still to this day do not own a copy of of that, which is really surprising or embarrassing. I don't know which, um, but I'm just sitting here looking at the track listing, and it, and it's an interesting track list actually. Um, you know, that it has some of the older songs like Rock and Roll Night in Truck City, Love Gun. But then it really focuses on the 80s more than anything else. 
with who wants to be lonely uh, all night, tears are falling, thrills in the night, heaven's on fire, all hell's breaking loose. It's really, at least side two is very, even more than just side two, is very 80s driven. Um, so it's like they dip their toe in the water a little bit with a re- with a with the greatest hits, just to see if the interest would be out there, and and maybe it was, mm-hmm. and that's why Smash and that's why Smashes came a year later, um, yeah. because Smashes sold extremely well when it did come out, you know, and then and that and that triggered a lot of things afterwards. Then obviously because the next time they go on tour, Hot in the Shade, they start playing some of these older songs that they had ignored for a long time after seeing the success of smash has had and that people were still interested in the old material that they were basically ignoring for for quite a while but you know i, th- I think this was you know them maybe dipping their toe in the water a little bit just to see is there still interest in classic what would what would have been even at the time classic kiss at the time yeah yeah that's a... sorry go on i was just gonna say the, the one thing about it is they had four of the 70s songs right and the mm-hmm. rest of it out of the fourteen, so and ten songs were all, all eighties, starting from yeah. you know Creatures of the Night through Tears, <laughs> Tears Are Falling. Um, very eighties driven. Very very eighties. All the eighties hits on there. So anyway. Yeah, when when you got up to get the CD, uh, Lonnie mentioned that that it was pretty eighties centric. The CD, and I think you brought up a really good point though, Lonnie, about that because um, a lot of the times what they used to do back in the eighties that I remember, and uh, this was like the thing that I was also I also heard when I was doing my like apprenticeship through like you know the studios and stuff like that is that a lot of the times when a record label is uncertain of how a product is going to do they'll release it in a market like Japan first and see how it goes and and in their eyes if it doesn't do well in Japan it ain't going to do well anywhere else kind of thing you know what I mean so it probably did well enough and had enough interest as you mentioned for them to turn around and say okay we can do something like this now in the rest of the territories and you're 100% right, Lonnie. I mean, that album, Smashes Thrashes, ended up being one of their best-selling records for a very long time. You know? No. Yeah, we we bag on Smashes for for the remix and and how how shitty it sounds in in a lot of our ears. But that album sold extremely well and was very popular at the time when it came out. I mean, amongst amongst me and my friends and my brother and his friends, you know, everybody had that album and. You know, and, and they were back on MTV with with less, we we bagged on less put the X and Sex and Rock Hard last week, but they were back on MTV with those songs as shitty as those videos were. It was exposure, and you know it was, it, it showed them that hey, there is interest in the in these old songs, and you know that's a discussion in, in its own. Looking at yeah. the the Hot in the Shade set list that came a year or two later. Yeah, and I mean. That was funny too because when that, when that record came out, I know that at least here in Toronto, whenever they would play Kiss stuff, like they would play Rock and Roll Night a lot on our Q107 here, the station here. But they would play the Smashes Thrashes mix of you oh, can yeah. totally tell it sounds totally different, right? But so that was probably another reason why it was so popular because radio started playing a lot of those versions rather than the original versions of these songs. Right, so people are saying, "Well, what the hell is that? I've never heard that version of it." And then you know, they would hear us oh, from Smashes, Thrashes, it's Kiss. So people would go out and buy it, and it's like you said, it did really, really well. So you know, Shakara did do, <clears throat> excuse me, more than a few good things for Kiss in that sense. You know, so uh, yeah, so it's a well-deserved anniversary look at that. 
Now, next up, we have a very interesting tweet from Mr. Gene Simmons. So, you know, if it's coming from Gene, you know, it's got to be interesting uh, one way or another. So the tweet goes, (laughs) November 3rd, Hollywood Bowl. If you can get tickets, be there. We are planning all kinds of surprises. All kinds. All kinds. (laughs) But we know that the one surprise will be that neither Peter or Ace will be there, of course, because that's, you know. That's the only surprise the fans really want, and they won't give them that. But uh, what what kind of surprises could they be possibly thinking about, you know, for for doing something doing for something here for Hollywood Bowl? Like I can imagine that whatever the surprises are going to be, it's probably going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to participate in it, you know, or <laughs> it's going to probably be, you know, something that's maybe not so exciting at first, but you know. If you pay so much money to us, you can come backstage and you can meet, you know, whatever, or see this, or we, we're we bringing a traveling museum of stuff, but only for people who spend, you know, $25,000 for an extra, you know, golden ticket. I, I'm very curious to see what it's going to be that, that they're going to try to surprise us with. Now, I'm going to go around the table again, and I'm very curious, what do you think it could be in all seriousness. I mean, I'm try- I'm overblowing it a bit here with what I think it could be. But what do you think realistically this kind of surprise could be? Let's try Lonnie first. <laughs> I, 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 I have no answer for what realistically, what, what kind of surprises it would be. Because Mark, like you said, we're not, we're not bringing back Ace and Peter. I mean, that, I, I, I think that ship has sailed and we continue to take, it, all parties can well except Peter. Peter Peter takes a high road, and really just he doesn't have anything nice to say, so he doesn't say anything at all. But the the other three, anytime they're they're probed, they you know will will take a jab at at an, at at each other. So I, I I don't think that all of a sudden come Hollywood Bowl we're just gonna say oh you know what let's have Ace come up here and let's play shock me and <laughs> and everything's gonna be great. I I don't think that's happening. You know, all kinds of surprises. I, I I think you might be on to something, Mark, that maybe we'll have some kind of traveling museum or something like that that you could pay more money for uh, that we'll take out of the Rio in, in Vegas where that Gene Simmons collection is. And mm. you can come spend money and, 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 and see some Kiss product. I really don't know. But all kinds of surprises. I think that's a, at the end of the day what I really think it is. I think it's a very misguided tweet. Um, and one that he shouldn't have just sent out there because it just sends the kiss world into a frenzy. All kinds of surprises. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that what does that mean? Does that mean realistically? Does it mean less pods on the stage? Because every time we <laughs> do shows, there's less and less pods. Yeah, I mean, so, misguided. Really, Gene? Is Gene very... a misguided tweet? I mean, I'm I'm shocked to hear it. You know. But I mean, maybe the surprises are adding back two more pods. Maybe that's the big surprise. Mm-hmm. We have more no. pods now. Yeah. If if I so. had to put if I had to put amount if I had to put an amount of money on it, it would be very similar to the show prior to Hollywood Bowl, and very similar to the show after Hollywood Bowl. If I had to put if I had to wager any kind of money on it. Yes, I think that that that's that, that's a pretty. Yeah. Safe bet, in my opinion, if you if you just look at it that way, uh, Mister mm-hmm. Voice of Reason. What 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 are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, well, I saw that and I thought, oh, what the heck could they be? You know, they try. I thought the first thing that crossed my mind is like, okay, 
the ticket sales are not good or something like that. I mean, that's what I thought. Um, but it looked like I, I went out and looked. It looked like they sold most of the tickets or a lot of the tickets. So it may not be that. Uh, the other speculation is it could be maybe they will have uh, uh, Bruce there maybe at the end, you know, like for rock and roll night or something, play on stage. That's the only other thing because, yeah, we're not, I don't think we're going to see Ace or, or Peter anytime soon or probably ever uh, with Gene and Paul on stage. Um, so Bruce, maybe, um, and maybe, or maybe some other, you know, something like Dave, Dave Grohl or somebody maybe join them on stage. I mean, that's the only other thing I could think of. Dave you know, Grohl. Some other you kind know, of Kiss fan that's a rocker, you know, now and that sort of stuff. You know, you know, Bruce has, if Bruce has been on, you know, cruises in the past few years and things like that, and it, and it seems like, you know, they, they still have a, a, a decent or, or a good relationship with, with Bruce, one would, one would imagine. But... Bringing Bruce up on stage at the end of the show, that's but that's gonna fall so far short of the mark. Uh, that's true. Uh, you know, I mean, we're we're talking about. I mean, here, when they went on here, here, when they went on Stern, and they're talking about the final fifty dates. Yeah. Stern didn't go. Oh, Stern didn't start probing him about Bruce Kulick. Mm. <laughs> you know what? You know what I mean? Stern didn't know. Who, Stern probably doesn't know who Bruce Kulick is, nor. With a lot of the people in the audience, like, well, who is this guy? Who's the six foot exactly. seven guy? Who's the six could... foot seven guy up on stage all of a sudden? And no playing? disrespect, to Bruce. Yeah. No disrespect to Bruce. We we sing we, we Bruce. sing Bruce's yeah. praises on this yeah. show a lot. I don't think anyone on this show has ever said a negative thing about Bruce Cooley. No, nope. I've met Bruce multiple times, and he's been super nice to me every time. Like saw him with Grand Funk. And he saw me in a kiss shirt and like came up to me after the show, even yes. unprovoked to say, Hey, how you doing? Talked to us for a while. Super nice. I have nothing bad to say about him, but I, in this, I think bringing Bruce up for a, for a show like that, or, or even Madison square garden, people are, people are, people are still thinking, Oh, well, if they're ever going to bring Ace and Peter out, it's going to be Madison square garden in New York back where it all started. If you bring Bruce out, that's gonna so that's gonna fall so flat, in my opinion. I could I could totally see it. I can see it now. Paul running up to the mic. All right, people, we got a surprise for you tonight. Please welcome on stage. I remember the family. Bruce Kulick. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Who the hell's that guy? You know that that's what's gonna happen. Exactly what you said. You know that that. I don't think that they would do that. I I hope that they don't. It wouldn't do that. be fair to Bruce. It wouldn't yeah. be fair to Bruce. Mm -hmm. Imagine being Bruce then, getting up there and just hearing crickets and or some guy going, "Who's that? You know, who are you?" Like when you love when people do that kind of stuff. You know, who who are you? You know, uh, but I I can just imagine. I mean, I had I had a feeling initially when what Ken was saying earlier could have been the thing where they were maybe just. Gene was using the hype machine here to maybe try to sell some more tickets. But if Ken's right, if they already have sold decently with tickets on this, then maybe he didn't need doesn't need to do that. Maybe this is some sort of legitimate, you know, surprise for the fans, which they've been promising for who knows how long now. But I guess the only thing that we'll be able to know for certain is what happens when the show happens. So uh, still a ways away. November third. Will something get leaked? As to what it is, we I don't know. We will see. We can start a rumor <clears throat> right now, and and 
you spike the sale, you know, sales of tickets or, or re, re, you know, the scalping uh, and say it's, you know, Taylor Swift is going to join them on stage or something like that. And that Taylor Swift. Uh, that would be a surprise. Yeah. yeah that that would be a surprise. For about two grand a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. But anyway. <laughs> now, speaking of surprises, we have one last bit of uh, news to tackle here. And something that uh, Lonnie alluded to earlier, Kiss added a show to the tour. Surprise, surprise. You know, we, we're only doing 50 shows. No, we're doing 54. No, we're doing 55. No, we're doing 54. Uh, the last show added, Australia, the final curtain. October the latest, the latest show added, not the last yes. show added. So, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the latest show added. My Excuse me for that little faux pas there. Uh, but Australia, the final curtain. I, mean, like, I love the dramatic use of that there the final curtain be there or something terrible is going to happen you'll never see us again which you know whenever i hear this stuff now i just don't i don't believe it anymore they, they've already said these kind of things so many times already this is, this is it people you know even we didn't we talk about this like a few weeks back saying that you know there's still time for kiss to go to australia and to do something and now lo and behold they have a date now in australia the final curtain mm -hmm. call. So, uh, thoughts on this, Ken? What do you think about the final curtain call yeah, in Australia? I thought that was interesting uh, title, the final curtain. And then, and then I started thinking a little while ago. So, as you remember that uh, thing in uh, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, and they they say, uh, you know, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. You know, yeah. and the dog pulls the curtain back, yeah. and you see the the wizard guy there, or supposed but you know the wizard, yeah. you know doing the controls. And I said, oh, you know, you know that guy is actually doing the tapes for Paul's vocals back there. Wow! <laughs> wow! There you go. Wow. I said that's. Yeah. The... <laughs> but anyway, I mean the final curtain. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a final curtain. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to Australia even after that somewhere in the future for the 50th anniversary or something i don't know maybe they won't um uh, but i i think they're still gonna be you know out there um next year or the year after um just to do a few more big big shows now now question because i'm not you know so in on all this little bit of news all this minutiae here uh this Australia show is the only show that they're doing on this leg here. Or is there well, other dates gonna yeah, happen? currently it's the only show in Australia. I, I, you know, I would say that if tickets go sell out really quick or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they add another date. Mm. Right, depending on you know the. That's a long way for the band to go. To yeah. Do, to, to bring just to do one that, show, right? All yeah. that crap down there. It's true. Do one show, pack it all up, and bring it back. Mm -hmm. That's a long way for one show. So I I think you guys you guys could be could be right that we we could be testing the waters here. Let's put it up for one show and see if it sells out. And oh, due to popular demand, we're adding <laughs> another show in Australia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I I think that that's probably the case because I mean you bring up a good point. I mean logistics are everything. This is where you make or break on a tour. You know you're carting all this shit over for one, one show one in show? Australia. That, that that doesn't make sense. The only way it would make even remotely any sense is if they added another show or two, or if they or, carted it over to Japan. 
which is relatively close and with some right. shows there. True. Right? That's possible too. But what's this venue paying you? I mean, do they yeah. have to be guaranteed a oh, substantial yeah. payday to go all the way down there for one show. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember a very old interview that I saw with Getty Lee of Rush back in the 70s and they were playing a show and they got asked to play a show in England, their very first show in England. And the, the newscaster guy asked, he goes, you guys are going over to England for one show? And he goes, yep. And he goes, you must be getting paid a lot of money. And he goes, yep, with this huge smile on his face. So obviously, if the money's right, then it, it can make sense to do it, right? Sure. But, you know, A, are Australians that desperate to see Kiss again one more time? And number two, do you think it just could be a ploy to, you know, to get people that excited to buy tickets in order for them to add more dates. I mean, it could be many things. It's probably a combination of the two. More than yeah. anything else. And if it doesn't you sell know? well, maybe they could always just turn around and cancel it, right? 100%. If it doesn't sell yeah, well, they exactly. can just say, oh, logistically, it just isn't possible for it to come all the way down. Logistically, exactly. <laughs> That's why we canceled the show. That's why we canceled the first Plymouth. show of the European tour. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> logistically, it's not possible. There you go. <laughs> all right. So that was our new segment. It only took us a half an hour to go through it, but that's cool. Uh, so let's let's get to our main topics, which are, you know, things from the board, which is our, one of our favorite go-to topics. So let's start off with one that uh, you know our good friend Ken organized for us to talk about in this episode, and the first one that we're going to be chatting about is what is your current go-to Kiss album or the one that seems to find itself in highest rotation? So I'll start this one off because it's funny because uh, of late, I haven't been spinning too much Kiss because I've been getting a lot of different stuff in the mail and stuff like that. So I've been listening to a lot of other stuff, but, mm-hmm. but there is been, there has been one Kiss record that has been, you know, finding its way on my turntable quite a lot uh, and I'm not really sure why that is because it's not, you know, any particular reason for it. Uh, but that is the best of the solo albums. I hmm. had I have a couple of copies of that album, and uh, I think I was looking through the ones that I had, and I left one of the copies out. I believe it was just like the one of the standard ones, the German ones, uh, on there. And I I've been listening to that a lot. And personally, I I do like that record because. While I still feel to this day, Ace and Pauls are the superior records, the way they organized it this way uh, with a couple of songs from each record, and I think that they were the ones that are, you know, probably the, the, the standout ones from those records. It makes it for a much more enjoyable listen if you want to listen to all the solo records in one shot. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go through all the records and pull out four separate albums and listen to it. You can get a good uh, listen of it that way from one LP. So that, that's that been really one of the records that uh, has seen very high rotation on my turntable. And funny, I also have the uh, Japanese CDs I came out not long ago. Remember when they reissued them mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. there? I, and I have that in, I had that in my car for a long time too. Uh, I, I, again, there's something about the, that solo record configuration hmm. with those songs that I find very enjoyable to listen to. So that's been uh, on my turntable and CD player quite a bit. So what about you, Lonnie? What, what's been on your system? As of late, I've listened to um, more rock and roll over more than late. It's kind of struck a chord with me. And not, not that I dislike the album, but I, um, I mean, I, I love the album, but for some reason I've, I've just been listening to it more 
than others. You know, I I listened to a lot of Creatures, you know, back in the fall when that box set came out. Um, you know, that was a heavy spin rate. I was listening to that and, you know, the, the Killers tracks and things like that and the, and the live stuff. But for some reason, I've, I've really kind of migrated toward that. It's such a cool sounding record. And, and it's so different than than the, the two albums that it sandwiched in between, between Destroyer and and Love Gun, because they, they really got it so right with that album for how the band should sound on vinyl. And then for some reason, they mm-hmm. went away from that, even when they, when they finally had captured it. They'd been searching to capture what the band should sound like on vinyl. And they finally got it right in, in most most Kiss fans' opinion, and then went a more polished route after that. But um, just been listening to that more and more lately. The songs on there are so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just it's it, it's very underrated album in my opinion. Even though it gets a lot of high praise, um, but D- Destroyer and and other albums take are, are up on a pedestal, especially in the band's opinion. Yeah, you know, Paul Paul really you know, Paul Paul did a an interview not that long ago and said, oh, we were um, intimidated. We were kind of backpedaling when we did Rock and Roll Over because, you know, this this and that. Um, I, I think yeah. Rock and Roll Over song, song-wise, or just as, the song selection is just as strong as Destroyer, even though Destroyer gets, uh, you know, a lot of the praise. You know, Destroyer, you know, may not even be the best album released in 1976. And people call it the best Kiss album ever. It may not even be the best album released that year. Mm. So... Um, I've just I've listened to that um quite a bit. They they just sound they were just at their peak when when Rock and Roll Over was was being recorded and when they were touring for that album. It's, it's so good and it just kind of got on a kick. I haven't been able to get off of it lately. I 100% agree with you as it is my favorite Kiss album of all time. Uh, it is much better than that piece of drivel called Destroyer that was before it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I I think you just said the perfect term. They got it right with rock and roll over. Everything about it is perfect. The songs, you know, the sound of it, everything is the way it should be. That's what I say. Whenever I say that's how a Kiss record should sound like, that's what I mean. And when I say Destroyer doesn't sound like a Kiss record, it's because they doesn't have that. It doesn't have that rawness. It doesn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. Too much, too much production. Too much pianos and other bullshit and chimes and christmas bells and all kinds of shit that don't need to be on a kiss song so what about you ken what, what what's been done what's been playing on your uh yeah. system of late well i agree with you know rock and roll over but that's not the one i've been listening to i i don't know i i just find for some reason i i find i go to uh i like to hear a lot of uh look it up album mm. uh, i just love that album um, you know, I, it's, I think obviously the best non-makeup album in my opinion. And, uh, I actually, you know, I actually like it better than Creatures of the Night a little bit, just a little bit better than Creatures of the Night. I, I really do. I think it's a, just a solid, super heavy, you know, album. Um, and I like also, I know some people some people like those Gene songs towards the end. Some people don't, but I really do like them. I think they're really, really good. Um, underrated, in my opinion. But, you know, I just tend to go back to that album a lot. I don't know what it is, but uh, 
I really enjoy it. So that's probably the one that's highest on my rotation, at least currently. I mean, it's not a big surprise. I mean, I know from as far back, you know, I first met you, you've always said that Lick It Up has been one of your go-to records and one that you <clears throat> frequent a lot. And whenever we have these kind of, you know, polls or, you know, discussions about favorite records, mm -hmm. Lick It Up always seems to be very high on your uh, list of albums overall. And, and and it is good. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question that it's fantastic. I mean, the, the one reason why... I don't like it as much as Creatures. It's just mainly because of the sound. I mean, that's the main thing that I like mm. better about Creatures. It just it has that bombastic drum sound. And, you know, right. I wish it, you know, I, if they would have kept that sound for Lick It Up, I bet you I would have loved Lick It, Lick it Up even more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I could just imagine songs like that, you know, with that. It would, it would have been would very have been interesting cool. <laughs> to hear something like that. So um, next up, is something that that has been talked about a lot. I've noticed this even on Facebook that people have been talking about this because the question that everybody has, well, within the Kiss community, I suppose, uh, that's on their mind is, what's going to be the next box set, right? You know, now that we've gotten through the Destroyer one, we've got the Creatures one, we've been all happy campers with that one. You know, what's the next one going to be? And everybody keeps saying, you know, the debut should be the next one, the 50th anniversary of the of the debut Kiss record. So the question is. What would you want from a 50th anniversary debut album <clears throat> box set? Now, you know, usually when you talk about albums like this that are like debuts, they usually have one distinct advantage is that because there's been so much time since it, you know, people have discovered things. People have, you know, gone through their closets, maybe say, hey, I, I, I can't believe I still have this or I have that and this. And you could usually make a pretty decent sort of box set because there are stuff to kind of get back to and look at and find it that you could, you know, put in to make a really fantastic box set. So with this question asked, let's go to Ken first. What would you want to see in a 50th anniversary debut box set? Well, a big box. No, I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I've thought big about box, this before. Huh? Yeah, real big box. Yeah, because you got to put a lot of stuff in there. I think that this is, uh, it should be a, a, a big box with a lot of music on it. I would definitely have some Wicked Lester on there. Mm -hmm. Kind of show where they came, were coming from before that. I wouldn't mind them putting the whole all of the Wicked Lester stuff that they did on there. Just to show uh, where they were at and, and you know where the, what they become or became afterwards uh, with Kiss. And then so as far as the Kiss stuff, uh, yeah, I would like other takes. You know, like they've done with some of the other box sets, you know, different takes or, or extended versions. Um, do they have a let me know version that has the extended? I think they, they I bet you they did record a version of that with the extended let me know uh, mm. chant uh, in that song um, and maybe some other songs. Acrobat, maybe the full acrobat instead of, you know, you have the uh, love theme from Kiss, which was just reduced to a little thing, right? Instrumental. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, alternate takes. And then, as far as, uh, hopefully they put something, they have a real good live soundboard from back then, if possible, would be nice. Um, and then all the other little goodies, you know, like the original poster from the first album that they had in the at the very beginning. I think it was just a promo. 
Yeah, Peter with that state. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, and I, I, I don't have that poster. I still don't have it. Um, I have a poster of that, a smaller version of that from the uh, was it Casteria box set um, mm, yeah. that was that was issued then. But yeah, stuff like that. Um, and any other unreleased uh, songs, different songs that they might have recorded. Maybe they used it, waited and used them maybe for Hotter Than Hell or something. And maybe they'd save that for a Hotter Than Hell box. I don't know. But I, I'd love to hear other songs that they may have tried uh, to mm -hmm. do and uh, put that on there too. So yeah, definitely vinyl, vinyl and CD and all that stuff. All that good stuff would be really cool. What about you, Lonnie? You know, I, I think that a 50th anniversary of the original album would actually be a, a very easy box set for them to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, the, the, the one CD is, is the album, you know, remastered, whatever like they've done for the other ones. And then the next CD would have to be to finally put out the Wicked Lester album. I think that it would be the perfect setting to to put that out. I mean, they've they've had it and and have just sat on it for for fifty years to finally just put that out there with those songs, how it was originally intended to be released, the album that they walked away from. Here it is is the perfect setting to put that up. And then the other thing that really belong would belong on there would be those Eddie Kramer demos, the original mm -hmm. demo tape would definitely, in, in its entirety, not a piece of it, you know, a piece of it here and a piece of it here, like we've, you know, gotten over the years with like First Kiss, Last Licks, and look, like what we got on, on the box set back in 2001. The whole thing, all five songs in a row, here it is, boom. And then, you know, the, and then there's other demos, like like those those versions of, like that version of Nothing to Lose that came out not that long, that leaked not mm -hmm. that long ago. Yeah, that, that, that's the perfect setting to mm. put something like that out. Um, you know, there, there's other demos that are on the box set, you know, like that, that version of Firehouse. You know, when you hear them kind of talking and joking around in the back in the background, there's other demos for the for that first for that first album that would be easily but would you know just be easy to put on there. And then, like Ken said, I, you know, you, you top it off with with something, you know, we I mean, I mean, come on, we, we've all heard. Like that Daisy show from June of mm -hmm. of seventy four that leaked not that long ago. You know, there's things like that out there that would be perfect to be on there. Something from that original Kiss tour. Mm -hmm. I, I think it'd be a, it's a slam dunk to do for the fiftieth anniversary of of the album, which would you know be in February of next year. And I think it'd be very easy for them to to compile material to put on there and, yeah. and put it out there. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. I, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you guys have mentioned that I think would make a lot of sense to do. I mean, lately I've been on kind of a box set kick myself. You know, Rush put out the Signals one. Uh, Merlion have been putting out a lot of these kind of deluxe editions of their albums that I've been getting in on. And I've kind of been thinking about it in the sense that almost I'd like to like to see almost like a hybrid of something like that where they're doing like, you know, put, put you know, put together like a vinyl sized box. Right. You know, do another remastered if you need to do. All right, but definitely do a vinyl press of the Wicked Lester record officially because it's almost like, you know, like Lonnie said, uh, 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 this is where we came from. This is the roots of Kiss here. All right, so have that there. 
you know, and and even you know a lot of box sets now I'm seeing are in, are including seven inch singles. So why not put in the first couple singles ever released mm. off that record in seven inch form? There, people would probably like that too, you know. Uh, and another thing that some bands are doing, which I think would be really cool to do, is uh, t-shirts. A lot of people put in these t-shirts inside the boxes. Why not do the very first original Kiss design shirt? That sort of one with the diamonds or the gems there, mm-hmm. the Kiss logo yeah, on there, yeah, just like a yeah. real simple shirt to represent the first, you know, sort of t-shirt that they, that they did, and you know, put the posters in there. And you know me, I'm a big fan of like video stuff as well. Now back in the day, you know there probably wasn't as much focus on it back then but don't forget a coin was a was a tv guy and he was a guy who was all about television back in the day and mm-hmm. as far back as the early rehearsals he was filming stuff so who knows what is somewhere in these deep dark vaults because we we always said before that oh we don't know what they have in there but we're getting surprised you know like look at this uh booth look at the show that we had with uh mark saint john nobody had a clue that it was uh, existed who knows what else is there that we don't know about, you know? You know, there's always these things that you hear about, like a legendary television performance that they did at some TV show in Canada that's supposed to be like a really, you know, holy grail thing. Who knows? Maybe somebody has that somewhere, you know? Those are the kind of things I'd love to see or like a nicely redone, you know, stepped up version of like the Coventry show, you know, mm-hmm. make it more you know, 4K-ish or something like that. You know, make it clearer, you know? There, there's a lot of stuff that he can do with these sort of box sets. And I, I'm all I'm all for that, you know? Uh, it definitely, you know, the, the audio is going to be the thing that's going to definitely do. But why not add in some video? Kiss is such a visual band. I'm, I'm so surprised that they haven't included something like that in prior box sets. I mean, especially Creatures of the Night. They had so many things that they had back then you know, that they could have put on some sort of a DVD that they could have included in there. Mm-hmm. Why they didn't, I have no idea. So, yeah, so 50th anniversary box set was something that's uh, definitely something that I think people are very interested in doing. But I, I'm just curious, before I go on to the next thing here, yeah. what what do you think, what do you think realistically the odds are? Do you think it's going to be this album or do you think they're going to do a different one? Uh, you know, I think it's possible because I, I, mean, I haven't heard any any news about any box set uh, going on, um, though they're probably working on something, but they're probably being hush hush this time and keeping it quiet. And if it is the first one, fifty you know fiftieth anniversary, I would say it's a good reason to be hush hush uh, about it. So I, I would stick with that one probably. And as far as some other stuff in there, yeah, you put in all the goodies still, the press kit and all that stuff. The, maybe the original lips, you know, those yeah, lips, yeah, yeah. kiss lips yeah. thing uh, in there, you know, a replica of that. And, you know, they can do, well, obviously they can do all kinds of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it still might be that. To me, it makes the most sense to do that one. Yeah, definitely. Right. Lonnie, what do you think? You know, I, I think it does make a lot of sense, and I and I hope that it happens, you know. Um, it has been pretty quiet lately as far mm-hmm. as no no rumblings or rumors of, of anything. Um, we haven't even heard of a, a rumbling or anything about a, the, what the next off the soundboard might be. Um, yeah. That's been mm-hmm. kind of quiet. Usually, usually after the hype of, 
usually they kind of after the hype of one dies down after its release, it's not that long later that oh, here's the next one, pre-order it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we we haven't gotten that yet, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm hoping that that that's coming. Um, you know, obviously they're they're I think they're they're focused on. I th- I think the band's focus on the tour, and and getting as much out of this tour. Make a hey, spend your money here, spend your money on concert tickets. Yeah. This year, I think I, I maybe that's the focus this year, and we we come back to to box sets and off the soundboards later. I don't know because it kind of seems like um that's where we're at right now is oh spend your money over here on this big shiny object the tour and yeah. you know we'll we'll revisit we we have all the time in the world to to get back to box sets and off the soundboards and things like mm-hmm. that. So so we'll we'll see because right now it is pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean the only other one I could think of that maybe could make sense technically is that since it's a let's say like the, the debut is considered what like a seventy three year like two thousand twenty three, um, lick it up as an eighty three album so maybe they could have do a lick, a lick it up one but I don't think they would do anything from that period yet you know I don't think they would dare go there. They're they're not gonna go off they're not gonna go non makeup for these box sets just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think we're gonna stick to those oh, classic yeah. makeup albums. You know yeah. what I would love to see, but it won't happen though either. Is there's a ton of shit for this, and it'd be awesome if they did it. Would be a twenty first. They'll never do this. You guys are gonna laugh because they'll never do this. Which is a twenty fifth anniversary of Psycho Circus. There's all kinds of stuff out there for the for songs that they recorded for Psycho Circus. <laughs> that <laughs> you know, I want to rule the world, and I am yours, and and. You know, there's all those demos that that have, that have leaked since then. Yeah. I would love a 25th anniversary Psycho Circus box set. It'll never happen because they were so at odds just when that album proper came out. Can you imagine? Hey, let's put your demos from this on there. Like, no, screw you! You didn't want it on there in the first place. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'd love for that, but I I think I'm I'm really really reach it there with that you know what though i would buy that box set in a heartbeat if they would have one thing on it what i would i would buy it if they had performances of the actual band peter and ace doing those songs oh. we can hear how they were when they played wow. them and you know what i mean because they, who knows That'll maybe they really did, maybe they did play it you know yeah. maybe they did play those songs and they did just bruce didn't like that like bruce fairburn then like the performances so i'd love to hear those you know but who knows if they even did them, right? Probably who knows not. if they even who knows if they even exist? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next topic that that's uh interesting one to bring up here is what is your biggest what the moment in history? So uh I'm sure there's quite a few of them that we could think of, you know, that kiss have made us scratch our heads. But uh let, let's think of your let's think of three biggest ones. Um I'll start with one that came immediately to mind right away was obviously the elder like what 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 was the what was with that you know i mean right away they they came off some albums before that we were kind of you know expecting to hear like dynasty was a record that we kind of you know were a little bit surprised with the with the with the disco-ish of i was made for loving you but the rest of it's a rock record pretty much right and if you were to say that you know you're expecting a new kiss record I don't think anybody in their right mind would have expected to hear a sort of concept album, you know, geared toward more, let's say, a Jethro Tull fan than a Kiss fan, <laughs> right? 
So I think that was definitely a big what the hell's going on here moment in history. What about you, Ken? What what's a what's a big moment there? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Though I didn't, I don't know what I thought when I because <laughs> I got it when it came out, and I, I didn't get you know, it wasn't it was shocking to a degree, but not shocking I guess in a way. Um, so okay, one of mine is uh, when Kiss went to Australia to play for the Sharks. <laughs> minus minus yeah. Paul. Minus, minus Paul. Paul. Paul wasn't in there. But, and if you watch, if you go out there and, and watch the video of this ridiculous thing, they're on a little boat. I mean, it's not, you know, you say, oh, they're going to play on a boat for the Sharks. And you think, okay, yeah, aircraft carrier, you know, or whatever. It looks like the Jaws boat. It, it does. It looks yeah. like the Jaws boat. And, yeah, and you're exactly. waiting for, you know, the, the, the Jaws theme music to come and jump on the back and grab on Gene's bootleg or something. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, they had the little, they're, and they're just kind of sailing away and they're playing. And there's little smoke, a little bit of smoke coming out, you know, blowing. It's, it's not even a, a great effect. There's no fireworks or anything. It's just, to me, uh, that was probably, again, uh, like we were talking about earlier, a money grab. Um, <laughs> definitely a money grab. And I think Paul didn't want to go to that because he he knew how, he didn't. how stupid <laughs> How stupid it was! It's going to be, and it, it was, yeah. It's a what the heck, you know, moment. Um, yeah. So that's definitely. one of mine. Lonnie, what about you? What's what's one for you? <laughs> mine is that god awful monster book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember when Monster was coming out, and I was, you know, real, really, I, I was. I was you know, really excited about the new album, and and I and I, I was at a really good point. I was at a d different kind of point in my life. Or I was at Monsters coming out, new album. All right, they're going to tour this summer too because they tour they, they, they tour with Motley Crue. All right, I'm going to two shows. I'm going to St. Louis. I'm going to Indianapolis. Okay, then that album's going to come out, and I, you know I got to have money for for that set aside. And then I'm going on the cruise. Mm -hmm. I went on the cruise that year too in 2012. I mean, I'm spending a lot of money on, I spent a lot of money on Kiss that year. And then I'm thinking, okay, and then they're going to have that book's going to come out too. So I got to have some, you know, a little bit of money set aside for that book. And I'm bit. thinking, okay, right. So I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, well, what's that book going to cost? I'm kind of thinking, mm, two, I could see it maybe two, 300 range, yeah. you know, you know, more than what history cost back in the day because inflation and everything else history came out in 95 96 this is 2012 it's probably not going to be 150 dollars might be around 300 dollars. i'm thinking for this monster book okay yeah. cool i'll be ready for that and then the thing comes and then they officially <laughs> announce it and i just like just toss my hands up in the air i'm like well nice job you just alienated about 95 percent of your fan base you know just took one look at that and said well no, I'm not spending that money on a book that I don't even know what the hell I do with Jeez. it anyway when I got it. I mean, how many times would you really open it up and look at it? Because it'd be so damn big and so uncomfortable. Cumbersome? Cumbersome to even flip the damn page on it. That You need two people to turn a page. Right. I, I, 
I need to hire a trainer so I could turn the page. God. So, you know, and I was excited about it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, and, and I thought it, and, and I thought it'd be about the size of history too, yeah. not this ridiculous thing that it was. And then Carl did. And like, what are we doing with that? I mean, how misguided was that? Yeah, that was totally ridiculous. And they, they even had the balls to think that, you know, we're going to have different countries mm. represented yes, on it. Because we know that many people will be buying this book from different countries. I'd be surprised to, if anybody bought that To book. my knowledge, I think, uh, to my knowledge, only one person bought it. I, that's just uh, what I heard. Uh, one person bought it. Um, yeah, I saw that thing. And actually, that's on my list, Lonnie, too. It's 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 just. I, I wish they would have, yeah, reduced it in size and 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 sold it for less. That would have been cool, but they they just really about the about size it. of history. Bigger, you know, that'd be fine. Yeah, you don't need a coffee table, the size a coffee table book to be the size of a coffee table. You know, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, bigger is book. not always better. Bigger <laughs> is not always better. I mean, come on. And now. it turns into it. It even has a cup holder. Yeah, they should have. They should have. You know, and yes, it's right. You have legs that fold out. But anyway, they uh, puts his coffee mug. I, on. You saw those pictures. You, you saw those pictures of stacks of the photo of the paper that to assemble all these books. I mean, they have yeah. stacks and spawn stacks of the huge sheets of paper that are oh, already yeah, printed yeah. out. And I thought, oh. Sh- Man, what a waste of money! What that, happened that is, to those? They should probably recycle them and make smaller yeah. books. You know, do yeah. something like that. But yeah, that that was a yeah WTF that would be moment. A, that would be a great idea if they actually did that. Like, what what genius in Universal Music doesn't you know should come up with it? Should come up with that idea and say, listen, guys, why don't we take these, burn them, like recycle them, the paper. And let's make a regular history-sized version of this. I think people would definitely buy it. Yeah, I yeah. think that that would be a good they idea. They would have made money if they made it smaller. Yep. If they just would have made it a few hundred dollars and yeah. not several thousand dollars, yeah, people would have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, kiss, kiss. Um, so <laughs> I the. That that wasn't on my list because I totally forgot about that to be honest. But really, it, it, it should have been a no-brainer. But uh, one of the things that did to get on my list though, uh, and this is funny because I was a big fan of the, the that Scooby-Doo release that came out yeah. that they did with them. And I thought it was a great idea. And one one of my younger nephews uh, got into Kiss via that because he was a big Scooby-Doo fan. He was a young kid, and he loved it. He loved the whole idea of it. But the one thing that really made me scratch my head was when you heard through the grapevine that they were going to have some new Kiss song that was supposed to be on there, and I was thinking to myself, okay, well, great, there's going to be a new. What what could this be? You know, I had, I really had, wasn't really thinking to myself it's going to be a completely new song. I thought it was going to be like a new version of a Kiss song that they were going to do. But to my horror, when I heard "Don't Touch My Ascot," I, I thought to myself, wow, like, what is this like? They had an opportunity to do something where they could have made, you know, a little three-minute song for a cartoon that could have, you know, maybe even been a, a, a Kiss song that people would have liked. 
but they go and do that again this is something about kiss i don't understand the why do they do stupid shit like this like they had a they have a good opportunity to, to even do a redo of one of your other songs and just you know maybe modernize it or do something to it to make it a little bit cool for the for the cartoon no they do a ridiculous song like that that's a butt end of a joke for that has been for years you know that song i mean Look at when we did the, the the song shootout just now, the battle of the albums. Right. You know, when, whenever we mentioned "Don't Touch Your My Ascot," Julian was like going in fits with it. No, that that song is never going to be used in any of these contests. You know, no, th- that it wasn't even is, up for debate. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> horrific. The song. So that to me is definitely a what the f is going on here moment. So what about you, Ken? What's another one for you? Or if you want to comment on that. Well, yeah, I mean, "Don't Touch My Ascot." doesn't bother me so much um, because <laughs> wow. when i when they did she that when they did th- that i thought i was thinking back to the it's kind of like a barbershop quartet kind of thing yeah, in, right. in a way right and it made me think back to the kiss meets the phantom of the park where they had the barbershop quartet in there sure. those guys robot robot guys and uh, and i just thought and i always kind of had a thing barbershop quartets always kind of interested me since i was a kid i was like you know it's really interesting them singing and harmonizing and it was just interesting to me but anyway uh i don't have any barbershop quartet albums or anything but uh i always found it kind of interesting but uh yeah it it was kind of a weird pick on on scooby-doo um so another one another thing uh is back in around 2018 i think it was uh and it was i don't know if it was rio or somewhere else um kiss were playing and and it was the end of probably close to the end of the, the, their tour there um and paul's voice was was embarrassing you know it was embarrassing it was so bad and i think we had a podcast shortly after that and i thought uh this is over and this is before they decided to you know announce their end of the road tour uh <laughs> you know like on uh one of those shows like uh, america's got talent or something i don't know what it was yeah. but it was before that and i thought there's no way there's no way they're gonna think it, it's just i can't even believe they're performing with paul's voice like that it, it was it's it was gone it was completely gone. I said, they got it. There's no way they can tour anymore. I said, there's no way they can do it with his voice as it is. And sure enough, though, they somehow put a tour together. And well, I'm thinking, how are they going to do that? How the heck are they going to fix that? You know, and they fixed it with the, know, the, the tape there was a fix the sure fix enough and that, and that and that was the only way it was going to happen this <laughs> tour that's been going on the last three four years whatever now um <laughs> which you know again i enjoyed i enjoyed the tour i enjoyed the show um but man it's 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 misleading out there to some of those you yeah. know the the non fans or what do you want to call it, the casual fans um but yeah after seeing that it's like it's I just thought, how are they gonna do that? You know, what the what the heck? How are they gonna do that with Paul's voice? There's no way he can sing. No way. I said it's gonna be so embarrassing. 
but they they find you know found their way around it and uh, and and so years later now it's still working so that was kind yeah. of a what the heck you know moment for me I, like, I do remember why? that 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 as well that was an issue of great contention on the podcast when that happened and we were discussing it and saying we were we were calling the end very soon when that came out it would have been you, the I end mean, otherwise you must yeah. remember that too yeah because they they said no tapes, we will not do tapes. We no, will not, yeah. you know, so. we will not. They were the band that always bashed people doing things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. So, Lonnie, what's another one of yours? Um, mine was. We've talked. We, we we've touched on this a bunch, but after the reunion tour, that why didn't a live four mm. come out? immediately after the reunion tour or during the reunion tour even if it just came out like the the start of 90s like the early in like the spring of 97 instead of putting out greatest kiss in yeah. the spring of 97 why didn't a live four come out um you had you could have you could have cherry-picked performances from all the shows that they did in north america and europe in the fall of 96 and put together a nice package of a live four to I mean, a nice product to put out there to drive the lost cities tour and to drive the second half of that tour and to really just showcase how great the band sounded at the beginning of the reunion tour they not only were they back but they sounded good too no they didn't sound like the band of they didn't sound like the revenge line of, of kiss but they they sounded very acceptable and they were yeah. very good i mean you'll see those reunion shows in comparison to the Psycho Circus tour or the Farewell tour, there's really no comparison. They sounded yeah. they sounded good on the reading tour, you know. They mm -hmm. really truly did. And you put that in the studio and kind of enhance it a little bit. They could have sounded great on an Alive Four yeah. um, that could have came out in the spring of '97. Mm -hmm. The fact that we had to wait until last year when the Donington album came out to get any kind of mm. official release of the reunion tour yeah. is still mind-boggling to this day, as, especially as popular as they were. I think people forget how popular they were in 96 and 97. They were the biggest band out there. Yeah. And they were selling out arenas in minutes. They were Taylor Swift in 96, 97. Yeah. They were the hottest ticket out there. And yeah. why they didn't capitalize on a live record for the band that's known for their live performances, they put out Greatest Kiss. And what's the best thing on Greatest Kiss? What's the best thing on Greatest Kiss? The live version of Shout It Out Loud. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, but you made a good point, though, there, Lonnie, because I remember that Forbes magazine had Kiss on the front cover oh, yeah, at that yeah. time. Because they were the they were making that much money. Weekly. Yeah, and they're on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. They're on cover of Forbes. They Everything. were the hottest thing out there. Oh yeah, and there was all kinds of articles about there's the everything from right down to talking to each member down to talking to their tech team about how they did the stage. Everything people wanted to know everything about that tour because it was such a popular tour. Mm -hmm. You know, so it it does make no sense at all in fact you know the more you think about it it makes perfect sense because it's kiss we're talking about that they didn't do uh, a record uh at, after that you know tour because it's very clear that they videotaped a lot of it because there's so many leaked 
you know concerts that are out there to see so obviously they have they could they could have had audio no problem from that and made a record so that's a that's a really excellent uh point and one to bring up so my my last one that i'm going to bring up is one that some people may argue with me that's not a what the what the fuck moment but to me it'll always be because this this to this to me kind of rubbed me the wrong way when i when i heard about this mm-hmm. um and i'll i'll preface this by saying ken brought up that show with paul with his voice and how it was shot and there's no way they're going to be able to continue with paul's voice the way it is you know and and our good friend ken here the voice of reason <laughs> the man who holds on to hope that there would be a new kiss album one day coming out mm. you know and it, it hasn't come out but then one day we got this message and the kiss world was on its, its edge of its seat when we hear that there is new music coming out from paul stanley and oh. we find out that he's releasing a soul album called soul station and man when i heard that this was coming out i was like what the fuck is this really all this time you have thousands of kiss fans busting your balls for new kiss material and you you don't want to do that but you want to do this you know and and this really rubbed me the wrong way because you know let's put it this way rock music you know if you you know it it could be raw it could be very you know pitchy you could be a flat on the note here and there and you can get away with it but soul music is very you know that has a preciseness to it it has a sense of very strong melody to it. And just my envisioning Paul Stanley in a studio trying to sing a soul song, I was like, man, they, they must they must have had that auto-tune going over time to do that album. Because man, if he couldn't sing some of these rock tunes decently, how's he gonna sing one of these songs decently well? And, and to me, it was just a real big sticking point. Not so much maybe because it was a soul album, but more because you know, you have a whole legion of people who want to hear a Kiss record, and you come back and insult us and bring out a soul fucking record. You know, that that to me is just, I wasn't cool with that. Comments? Yeah, that, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but the only way he could get away with singing that was falsetto. I mean, that's, that's the only, that voice he still has, and it still mm-hmm. works uh, somehow, you know. Um, but when he's in his normal voice, it, it, it just, uh, that won't work anymore. So he can only really sing falsetto in my opinion, or else he'd have to sing in a real lower, lower voice somehow to Barry Whiter, you know, pretty much talking kind of Mm -hmm. voice, I, I would say, um, in order to pull anything off at this point. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the only way he could do it. Yeah. For years, he says, well, it doesn't make sense because, uh, you know, records don't sell music, you know, <laughs> buying music or whatever. It's it's that that business is over and all that kind of stuff. But then again, he, then he goes ahead and puts this out. But I can understand if he's doing it for himself, but it's not going to sell like a, a, a new Kiss Who album. Who bought that besides the Uber Kiss fans? Who bought that? No, I didn't I, buy it. <laughs> not even the casual, the casual Kiss fan didn't buy that. Maybe a fan of a, some other Kiss. artist that. Oh, so it oh. had to be an Uber fan from <laughs> another artist that he covered. That's really. It's like yeah. you know buying a cover like us buying a a Kiss covers album. Yeah. Right. That right. kind of thing would be the only way. Nobody bought. Otherwise. Yeah. 
So what about you, Ken? What's what's your final what the hell moment? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's there's many more, but you know, Lonnie and I matched on the on the uh, the monster monster yeah. book. We both had brought that up. I, I know there's probably other things out there. I, I can't think of them right now, but uh, I'm sure there's plenty uh, of things. All right. Uh, but uh, I can't think of any right now other than that. So. Do you have a last one, Lonnie, or did you? Did I, I have one more, um, and it's not really a moment, but it's just a what the fuck fact. No. That okay. after 19, from 1998 mm-hmm. to 2023, they put out two studio albums. And it goes back, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to the, you know, the Soul Station thing. Like, for the last. No almost half of their career we've gotten two albums or oh, three right oh you're not counting psycho from 99 from 99 oh 99 okay i thought you said 98 so, All right. so for the last 24 99. years yeah i know it's so pitiful. for the last we're, we're talking about a band someone celebrating his 50th anniversary so for the last 24 years we've gotten two studio albums that's pitiful and that's see all these other bands out there still putting you know music out yeah <laughs> yeah it, it 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 is ridiculous because i mean like, like i was like i was gonna say before like yes the band i follow quite a bit they've released they've released two studio albums now in like two years like one back to back one year the next year another doing a third one that's supposed to come out later either this year and early next year i mean and this is a band that's already celebrated their 50th anniversary a while back already yeah. so i like there's there's really no excuse i mean one of the comments i'll never forget and not that he's some genius who needs to be put up in some great light but nikki six always said that you know musicians are artists and artists need to do their art and make their music you know i mean that's always the thing that made me question those guys is because if you're really a musician that you write music you know i mean you can't tell me that those guys couldn't come up with another album's worth of music there's no way i mean gene says that he has like a fucking catalog of like 200 songs they could have picked from and i'm sure paul could come up with like two or three songs you right. know come on so I, I agree. That's totally a WTF fact brought to you by Lonnie. All right. <laughs> brought to so you by we, Lonnie. Wow. What are we at here? We are, we are over our usual <laughs> one hour uh, time limit, but uh, we'll, let, let's, let's do uh, one more and then we'll call it a wrap up. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that is a very interesting one here that I was curious to get your guys' opinion on is if any member of KISS had left the band and joined another established band, what sort of matchups immediately come to mind? So, um, this is interesting because if you were to think about uh, the, the guys in the band, like for example, Paul and Gene, if they were to leave, you know, they would have to, I think they would never accept a position lower than a lead vocal position spot, especially Paul. So mm, yeah, if he was to go to another band, you know, it, it would have to be a situation where their front man is no longer able to do it and he would step in and do it, you know. But, you know, th- th- that that would have had to be Paul in his good days. I mean, that would have had to be back in the late 80s for him to do something like that. But, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't see. The problem with this question for me is I'm so 
ingrained with those guys being in Kiss, I can't imagine them doing anything else but mm-hmm. Kiss. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why even when you hear them doing these covers, like you know, when we were talking about those covers they did, like the uh, Venus and Mars and the Ramones yeah. covers, so that I I have a, such a hard time believing them doing these things because I'm just all I hear from them when I see them is Kiss. You know, so. What was... for, for, I'm trying to think of even one band, and I'm having such a hard time yeah. thinking of a situation. What, what, what about you guys? I couldn't think of any other band, but the thing is, the only thing that comes to mind for me is it would have to be, and it probably for, goes for Paul and Gene, um, definitely, um, is they'd have to be in an all-star band. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what, remember Gene had that uh, all-star band that did right. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Titans of Rock or whatever well, they... Yeah. Well, yeah, he went South back to the, he went to the revenge look on it and there and all that. That's the only way I think any of those guys could be in another band because otherwise they'd want to be in charge of the darn thing, and I don't think that would go over too well. I mean, definitely Paul would want to be in full charge of whatever it is. So I don't think yeah. he could just step in another band and I it would be too too much friction. I think. No, I, I don't think that, that they could have stepped into a band. You think about, well, bands that lost their... I agree with Mark that, that Paul Stanley would have to be the lead singer in any kind of band that he would join. Okay, so so what would have been available? I mean, let, let's not just go completely crazy, but, like, what what, what band would needed a lead singer? ACDC? <laughs> ACDC, no, that ain't happening. Okay. Yeah, you know, Queen, could Paul have joined Queen to become the new Freddie Mercury? Could Paul have joined... No journey and become the new steve perry or something like that mm. but yeah. the problem with those ideas is what ken said and that is well if he joined this band well he's not going to be the one in charge and paul stanley's yeah. not going to go to a situation mm-hmm. where he's not going to be the guy calling the shots so i do agree that the only way here what did ozzy didn't leave black sabbath and join another band ozzy went solo yeah. And I think that's the only way it could have worked is if, if Paul Stanley would have like in 1984, 1985, I've had enough with Gene and this Hollywood nonsense. Yeah. He couldn't say, I'm going to go join Journey. He, he would have joined. He would have created the Paul Stanley band. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And you think about some other, uh, also like this as an example, you got guys like, uh, traveling Wilburys, right they mm-hmm. all joined up great you know george harrison we're talking right mm-hmm. tom petty roy orbison bob dylan jeff lynn they formed and did two albums of of music and and that's the kind of thing you know chemistry and yeah. stuff and they all checked their egos kind of at the door they all knew they were the stars in their own right you can't yeah. kind of say oh I'm, like well, I'm gonna get more like a, this than you i'm gonna see all these songs you know or whatever but but a lot of those a lot of those bands like that like like damn yankees that was another yeah, yeah damn yankees another one and like velvet revolver was an example of that too mm-hmm. and audio slave was was like that too with with chris right. Brunel and it was a rage against the machine but i think there's there's too many at the end of the day there's too many egos involved these guys are all well-established guys and I'm used to calling the shots where I'm coming from. But but you know what? That you brought up a great point though. There, what what's all that? Whatever all those bands have in common though that you just mentioned there, they were not 
band. They were not situations of a band where somebody was joining an established band. These were all right. newly Super created groups. bands. Guys came together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that so Formed that maybe band. Paul could have done, or maybe Gene could have done. They could have maybe made a band like that. They could have made their own uh, whatever audio slave or whatever Super type group. of band. Right. Yeah, and because because when you look back at the other members of Kiss, for example, Eric Singer, he was with Alice Cooper. You know, he was a Black Sabbath, so he was able to do that because he's a he's a guy who's used to you know being in that position where he's a session guy or he's a yeah. hired gun, right? Same with Bruce Kulick. Look at he's in Grand Funk, right? Yeah. And he's had a lo- pretty long career with them, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know th- th- that that I could see. But again, I think the answer to this question is, I don't think they could have joined any established band. I think they would have had to make their own band and make a new sort yeah. of band for that to work. Yep, I yeah. agree. All right. So I think that takes us right to the end of the show. Uh, We had some great chat again. And uh, again, please leave your comments. Uh, Let us know what you think about this stuff. What do you think about our comments about the 50th anniversary? What are some of your what the hell moments for Kiss that uh, you want to bring up? Leave it in the comments, of course. And uh, I'm sure that uh, next week we'll be back with more stuff again. I'm sure Julian will be probably back with us again. And until then... Uh, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Lonnie, and on behalf of Ken, we will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.